Fatty Nut, episode 87. And logically, we just thought about, okay, why is it going to this spot and then coming back? Well, then you figure out, okay, that's probably where people are losing, right? So we're looking at areas where, where are their resting orders now, right? So we're always thinking in different terms than the normal retail trader will think. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern training is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. Before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsored partner for today's episode, City Traders Imperium. Now, CTI has one of the world's best funded accounts and learning platforms all in one. Get a CTI Forex funded account today and advance a step closer to achieving your personal freedom. To find out more, head over to citytradersimperium.com. That's citytradersimperium.com. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Chris Hunter on the show, otherwise known as Hunter FX. So, folks, we've got him on. It's a fantastic wee interview, and what you're going to find, what I found quite interesting was the fact that he, he had such a unique approach to breaking down the market. So how did he, so how he sort of came up with his own trading strategy. Uh, it's really unique. We go into that in a lot of detail so it's going to give you some ideas, going to give you some hints in terms of how you can potentially come up with your own strategy uh, and at least give you a really good insight into how Hunter, Hunter, what I'm calling Hunter, how Chris, uh, how he sees uh, the, the markets as well. So guys, that's coming up in just a second. Now, before we get into that, I do want to remind you that I've got a new thing that I'm doing on the YouTube channel over there at Trading Nut. It's called Trading View Replay Challenge. So I'm getting guys from the uh, the past guests of the show back on to take a Trading View Replay Challenge, which means it's like backtesting mode, manual backtesting. They've got to take an entry and exit, and we calculate how many R they make over that period of time uh, of five trades. And there's a little leaderboard. We're seeing who's winning, who's losing, and all that sort of stuff. Guys, it's worthwhile checking out just purely for the fact that you're going to get a massive insight into how these guys approach the markets, and it'll help your trading no end. Uh, there's also a bar by bar challenge we do for a bit of fun as well. So, guys, head over there. Make sure you subscribe and click on the little all button next to the bell because that will get you alerts when this thing goes live, so you can watch these guys live and, and lob in a few comments here and there. So we've got that over there at YouTube, as well as the Build That Bot series, where I'm building robots from past guests of the show. So these are strategy ideas that they're coming up with, and I've got to tell you, we did one with uh, with Chris as well, so that's going to come up as in in the future, so stay tuned for that. So after you've listened to this interview, you're going to see a little video from him, but then we shot a Build That Bot video as well. Now, if if you are interested in like even dipping your toe in the water on the whole automated trading side of things, then I do have a course where I teach you how to build trading robots in 21 days, or you can do it less if you want. Uh, if there's a, currently a promo on for August, check underneath, um, or check in on the side, check in the uh, in the show notes, check in the description, wherever you're listening to this, watching this, 
then check there. You'll find probably what that promo is um, for the course. There's also a free training I do as well where you can basically get yourself skilled up from somebody who's got no idea about trading robots to at least being able to play with one. I'm going to give you one that I, I use myself. Um, you're going to be able to put that on a chart and see how it works. So, folks, that's, uh, that's stuff that you can do here on Trading Up. But for now, let's just get on with the show. And uh, welcome, Chris, and here is full story. Let's do it. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Chris Hunter on the show all the way from Vancouver. How are things over there, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually been fantastic here uh, in Vancouver. It's been super, super hot. And uh, in this attic of an apartment of mine, um, I got the the AC just always blasted here. Um, but you're asking me about uh, COVID there. And I think in Vancouver, we're like, we're pretty much clean sailing here. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that uh, because we have such a large Asian population around here that everyone got it like right in like December, January, and uh, everyone's just kind of immune now. So I've been walking around um, just as normal, much worry like the States there right now. But Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. You mm-hmm. think that, you know, you're only a stone's throw away from the, you know, the States where it's just going crazy that uh yeah. with their second phase if people are listening to this in the future uh that you know, you'd at least have have something significant but oh, oh well that's good it's good news it sounds like um sounds like where i am at the moment where in new zealand it's um it's basically yeah, happy days apart from the fact that we can't actually go anywhere yeah outside of the country yeah yeah i heard uh new zealand they they just completely locked down immediately they were like the best country um and I, your guys' uh, prime minister is remarkable i believe uh, it's a female prime minister, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they did they did yeah. well in in terms of locking it down. I mean, and it did help, and it and it's it's pretty much stopped it. But look, it also helps that we're three hour plane flight away from the next country, so <laughs> so nobody's yeah. nobody's no, crossing no. over the border here. Trust me, nobody's yeah. walking over the border or swimming across to get yeah. a, get, get yeah. here. So so it's 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 um it's controlled, which is which is good. Now look, today we're going to talk about your trading, your trading career to date, how you got into it. So do you want to start off by giving us your full background story, and I'll dive in a bit deeper here and there. Oh, full background. Okay, so uh, June 26, 1994, I was born in... Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I um, I started off with kind of like an IT background. I knew right away going into IT, uh, it wasn't for me. Uh, I just kind of did it because I like video games. Uh, and quickly, you learn to not like video games as you get older. Um, so I knew that I had to get out of it at some point. But being in IT, it gives you a really nice segue into all of these... Uh, these crypto IT nerds and all of those, uh, you know, perks of knowing about crypto, right? So 2017 came around uh, and my buddy uh, that we were in school with basically said, hey, you know, this this crypto thing, man, I, I got I got the inside scoop on it, right? Um, you know, you're going to get rich, like with this, uh, you know, pulls his jacket full of watches, says Bitcoin everywhere. Um, and uh, he sells me Bitcoin on the side of the street. But yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got into uh, we got into Bitcoin kind of before that boom. There, we made a little bit of money, uh, went a little euphoric, and uh, you know, partied it up. And then uh, we started we started starting to trade. Like we're like, okay, this is going up. Maybe we can buy these different altcoins, and we can make even more money. And that worked well. Uh, so we kind of got hooked onto it. You know, making making this this great cash, thinking we're just like the best traders ever. Uh, and then kind of the crash came ar- around. And we started seeing all of our money go away and we're trying to save it by trading. But reality was we were just losing more now by trading. Um, 
And then we realized we were actually just shitty traders. So we started looking at like kind of other means. So we jumped into Forex with a small little community I had there uh, and kind of geared crypto to more as an investment platform. And, and speaking of which right now, you know, I've been throwing tons into crypto over the past year. Uh, and I think it's going to be going up here. So if anyone wants to get into that, I, I, uh, I am very confident in that too. Um, but looking at Forex, it's got much better structure, right? With, with crypto, it's very emotionally driven retail mindset where people get hyped into cycles um, and then it goes completely bonkers and you never know when it's going to stop. Um, so there's no structure to the how to actually trade. And that's what I realized when I came into Forex was that um, – you know, banks traded a certain way and they always kind of follow the same rules. These big guys with money, they moved the markets, right? And we started studying the logic behind why things were happening, right? We didn't want to find just like a, a strategy that worked. Uh, we started looking at, okay, why is this candle going in this direction at certain times of the day? You know, why is it going past thinking about things like uh, where are where other people losing money so that we can know where to get into trades, things like this, things that people don't normally think about when they're first starting about it. Uh, and then we kept playing around with strategies after we had figured that logic, right? You know, and then we eventually came up to little bits of strategies. And then because I had that, that IT background, this allowed me to um, basically think very data-driven. So I collected probably a total of a thousand data points across various strategies um, and plugged in the numbers and figured out what is the exact win rate. If I follow these rules, what is the exact uh, R I will make back in return? Uh, what is, you know, the different variables that will add or subtract to the profit, right? Things like this. And we just kept refining that until we found something that was actually profitable in, in, in a certain way here. Um, and what sort now, of things were you testing in that in that sample size of a thousand? Yeah, so these are these are different. This, I just said a thousand kind of as a okay. rough statement. <laughs> the one that I really dug deep on, I had five hundred data points, uh, and that was for one strategy. Um, that it's it, all of the strategies I was using or I were was was using um, uh, were just candlestick based. Um, so to put it kind of roughly, is I don't like indicators. Partially, I first didn't want to use them because I liked the charts very clean. And all of these lines, they crossed over and it made me very, um, you know, dizzy, uh, right? Kind <laughs> okay. of to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then I, I quickly realized that with fewer indicators, you have fewer conflicting points of view, right? Um, so you only really need to follow one pattern that you see on the chart then rather than saying, you know, this indicator is pointing that direction, but this one is conflicting with it. So what do I do now? Right. Um, when you have conflicting views, you don't know what to do. And then you make emotionally driven decisions. So that's kind of like the logic I'm trying to explain here of way, the way I think that I need just a core data to just follow blindly. And I don't have to think. So I've now created a system that I just don't think anymore uh, when I'm trading. I, I say, okay, this is step one, this is step two, this is step three. If they all are, are there, uh, then we enter the trade. <clears throat> so um, you said, what kinds of things do I, um, you know, what, what, was, what was I testing? I largely looked into um, areas of manipulation. So 
what was happening when these these massive moves would happen and then they would move back in the other directions so what the very very common thing that i found very quickly was there would be quick moves behind levels and then back within the level so this is so so simple i'm sure tons of your viewers know what i'm talking about the sweep action the sweep uh the sweep movement there where it stops you out and then it comes back into the into the range um, uh, yes of course yep. yeah yeah and logically, we just thought about, okay, why is it going to this spot and then coming back? Well, then you figure out, okay, that's probably where people are losing, right? So right. we're looking at areas where, where are their resting orders now, right? So we're always thinking in different terms than the normal retail trader will think. Um, so the other thing that we look for is, so where are stops was the first thing I, I, I meant to say. But the other thing we look for is where are their resting orders? Because the resting orders is likely where things are going to change, right? So we have to then think about how um, how are we going to find where people have resting limit orders, right? And there was two major things that I came across was highs and lows, um, and that's simply because that was a previous pivot point, right, That where market pressure was reversed at that level, right? So what I mean by that is there was no longer enough buyers coming into the market to fill all of the resting orders. So now we know that there's still resting orders in that spot, right? Because that's what made us pivot. The next place we realized that there were resting orders is uh, major uh, momentous moves. Like uh, you've seen these big, these big, big sticks, right? These big candles, the, those fast ones. That basically is telling me in the back of my head that there were a lot of people that got left behind because one came in and said, um, I don't want to trade this range anymore. Uh, and then he blew the blew blew them out of the water. And now there's a bunch of people waiting to get their orders filled there that didn't get filled that want to get filled. Right. But those are two major, major points. Maybe I'm giving away a lot of stuff here, a lot of juice, but uh... <laughs> yeah, look, it is very useful stuff. And I think uh, what, what I found interesting there is that, the fact that you didn't go down that normal retail route and you decided to completely do it yourself. Is that right? Or did you have some some sort of delving into the YouTube videos and, and learning through other means? Yeah, so so totally. When when I started with Forex and everything, everyone they jumped to YouTube, right? And I guarantee nearly everyone watching this right now, they're gonna be they're gonna be kind of in that stage, right? Um and YouTube will only get you so far. It's very, very, you have to be very selective with what you're listening to, right? When I started, I think there was a strategy that was just simply like uh, an RSI crossover with the Bollinger Bands or something like that. And I tried it out for a while and it just didn't work. I lost a ton of money. Um, and I think it's just kind of like a bunch of strategies people think might work and then they throw them on there for views. Um, so you realize that if it's on YouTube, it's probably not working, right? Because then everyone would would be making money, right? Yeah. Um, or everyone's like, watch that video at least. Uh, so that was kind of my view going into it. So I said, okay, we have to make our own logic, our own strategy behind things. Uh, and then the best way to go about it, if you still need help, is talk to people that you can trust, right? So maybe people on Twitter that you know are like being profitable somehow, you have to vet them somehow, right? And who who did you or how did you go about that? Like, I mean, vetting these people that well, you know, yeah. obviously worthwhile 
to go and reproach because they were going to give you information that potentially could uh, could help you out. Yeah, so it is a long process. I was on crypto Twitter, which is much more um, uh, vocal, I suppose, than uh, I think they call it FinTwit, financial Twitter. Um, and there's not really as much of a Forex Twitter in my own thought as crypto. Crypto Twitter is huge. Um, and I was on there for a couple of years uh, and I kind of learned like who seemed like they knew what they're talking about, who was always more, more or less right. They knew what was going on. And then I would start listening to them. Some of them were kind of crap. Um, so it really is like a give and take long process of figuring out uh, who's going to be good. But then, you know, I started just talking to some of these people in regular groups, right. And seeing what they actually knew. Um, and a couple of them I had, I think I had, I think I might have paid for like three mentorships uh, over the course of a year or so. Um, and one of them was even after I was profitable uh, because I just wanted more point of view, right? Yeah. Uh, on a similar strategy. And so your road to profitability, I mean, it's, it's sounding sort of fantastic. You've got these systems that you've discovered. Now, how did how did that sort of first uh, endeavor into an actual, you know, placing trades on a chart look? Yeah, so as I was kind of mentioning before, the data points, right? So what I did was I went back and I used that bar replay feature on TradingView. Um, and I thought of my idea, right? Whatever it was, you know, uh, if there's three candles in a row, for example, then I'm going to enter something like that. Uh, but that's silly. Um, and then I would I would put the position tool on the on the chart treat it as if I was actually taking that trade and then just log it every single time. Right. So once I had so many data points, I think I would do 50 um, on a strategy. If 50 data points showed that I was profitable in terms of R, right. So if I lose negative one R, if I win, whatever, whatever it is, um, if it showed I was profitable, then I would live trade it and I would collect a bunch more data points. Um, as well. And I think the one I went up to like 500 data points before I stopped tracking it, something like that. Uh, and then I would able, be able to get the exact, the exact percentage of, of, of win rate. <clears throat> so for example, um, that last one I was running, I think I had about a, a 50, just slightly less than 50. It was like 48%, something like that win rate and a, a 1.9 R profitability on wins. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So slightly profitable, yeah. um, but you know we've refined it a little bit since then. I don't know the exact number now, but it's you know it's maybe a little bit more than that. Cool. And so, so I mean, this, this sounds fantastic. So we in we are at now. I mean, how I suppose how how much more advanced are you from you know when you first started becoming profitable? Yeah, when I first when I first started, it was. A very simple, the simplest strategy I knew is actually still basically one of the best ones I know. And it was just a simple sweep range-based trade. I would see a ranging market and I would wait for the, the sweep, the wick past the range, and then I'd wait for it to close back within the range. So simple. And then I would target the opposite side of the range. Um, right. Incredibly, incredibly simple. And it worked very well. Um, I've actually refined that strategy to also include lower time frames to confirm that it's actually doing something. And I, I you know, I, I won't really explain it right now, 
um, but we can uh, we can kind of look at that in the future. Okay, cool. Um, well, look, let, let's let's dive into what your uh, what your what your trading stats look like. So you talked about you know fifty fifty odd percent win rate. Is it has it changed? Is it much higher than that now or with these refinements? Yeah. So the different strategies I use, I basically have one trend trading strategy and one uh, counter trend trading strategy, and they're both roughly about the same. Um, the counter trend trading strategy, slightly lower win rate, uh, maybe low 50s, um, and it has a, a higher average R that's like at least 2R. Um, and then the trend trading strategy, a little bit higher win rate, 55%, something like that. Uh, and then and making a little bit less than 2R, so maybe like 1.5R or something uh, on the wins, right? That's interesting. That I thought the trend one would have been uh, having a bigger R just because, you know, you're trading with the trend and you can potentially follow yeah, well, it longer, which is, which is funny. Yeah, but the, the, the actual way that it's working here for me is when I trade the trend, I'm essentially looking for a pullback in the trend, um, and then I jump to the low time frame, and then I'm looking for, you know, a reversal back into that same trend, right? And then I'm just targeting the previous highs, right? Ah, yeah. That's kind of how I'm trading the trend because I don't know when that trend's going to end. I don't know it's going to keep making new higher highs, right? Yeah. So that's why it's a little bit shorter. But when I do the counter trend trade, it's more of like a range-based thing. So I'm looking for a wider range, right? And have you, like, sort of, I suppose, um, played with scaling out of trades and you know, keeping a runner going and all that sort of stuff to, to in case it does break through that, you know, that high and then carry on with a, a longer trend. Totally. Yeah. So I've used this program called uh, Edgewonk. It's a journaling software um, that I, I advanced to that after I realized Excel just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Um, <laughs> and uh, it kind of gives me the option to treat each trade as, you know, multiple trades. So I could say, I want to take this trade, but I'm going to have an alternate strategy for this trade. So I would then write in my stats for if I had taken profits at different times, right? And then you can determine uh, what's most profitable for you and then switch to that. So for example, I was testing uh, my take profit timing uh, and I roughly found that my best, my most profitable taking profits was right around my final take profit around two to three R and I would take one profit roughly about halfway through that at uh, about one R a little bit more than one R. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Well, look, uh, what about uh, the markets that you're trading? How many markets are you trading? In, in terms of markets, are you just talking about pairs or are you talking about? Yeah. Pairs or if you trade gold or something like that. Yeah. So I pretty much exclusively trade Forex now and it's, essentially um, the the higher volume pairs uh, because I am trading strictly on the New York Open for only about two hours um, and I don't even trade every day. So I'm essentially just looking for the cheapest trade. I don't want these wide spreads and I don't want to be sitting in a trade for very long. Um, in terms of other markets, I am invested in crypto, <laughs> but I will not be trading it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, all right, and, and with that, you, you're talking about just buying and holding, and yeah, and that's my it. my yeah, exit yeah. price is uh, 2023. <laughs> okay, I'm right. Gonna sell, yeah. I'm gonna sell in three years. <laughs> 
I mean, I've, I've, uh, what what are your view? Was I mean, you mentioned earlier that you know you think crypto's on, on its on its rise up again. I mean, I I used to ask the question in in the show and even in my previous podcast around you know, and this was probably around the time you would have started trading, which was two thousand and seventeen, because you know Bitcoin had this massive rally and it got to twenty thousand and uh, and then it tanked, yeah, and then everyone got on board and then it was like this you know this huge hype and here we go. Now you're sort of saying, look, this is it's it's back on its roll again. What do you what are your sort of predictions potentially around Bitcoin as as in terms of the price? In terms of yeah, like if it, it, it's going to eclipse twenty thousand again and yeah, how far so, do you think it could go? So if we go based off of, um, hopefully everyone kind of understands the the mathematics of limits, right? So, you know, kind of the calculus, the the limit of a, a logarithmic graph is basically what Bitcoin is approaching. And assuming Bitcoin doesn't um, completely, you know, change the world somehow um, and the dollar doesn't completely crash to zero, I think the, the current limit 300K following the same tra- trajectory, right? So if we follow uh, an a market yeah. cycle that it's been doing that I think is every four years, it goes into a new market cycle and it grows by uh, exponentially less each time. Um, and I've plotted it all out. Uh, you don't need to give you all the details, uh, but I think it should be roughly around a hundred K as our peak for the the current market cycle. And that would be ending right around 2023. I believe if I'm remembering correctly, there's a couple other um, ways to analyze this. And there's a guy on YouTube, I forget what his name is, but he analyzes it from a bunch of different um, possibilities and uh, different data sets. Uh, and every single time he's kind of getting like similar numbers too, um, you know, right around a bit over a hundred K something like that. So I think a hundred K is going to be a uh, hundred K is probably going to be pretty safe for an investment. What's your typical yeah. trading day look like? My typical trading day, yeah, totally. So the trading itself is um, it's pretty damn short. I wake up, I'm in Vancouver. So actually, I used to do something super, super weird. I'll, I'll jump on that. Um, I used to wake up at the London Open, which is midnight. And then I would trade until the London close, so 8 a.m. And then I would take a four-hour nap. And then I'd be awake again and I would do my work uh, and all, all that stuff. And then I would go to bed again at 8 p.m. for four hours. Um, and that was crazy because I wanted the London and the New York open, right? Yeah. Uh, but you start going insane. Being, being in Vancouver and then you're like sleeping during the day. It's so hot. Uh, and I did, the, the biggest problem was I didn't know what day of the week it was. <laughs> I, I, would, I would sleep friggin' 10 times and then... Uh, it would be Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, currently, I've refined it to something somewhat normal. Wake up 5 a.m. That's the New York Open. I I manage my my signal group and my traders there. It's like a multi-trader signal group, so we got to all manage each other. Um, and I take my trades. I probably only take a few a week at this point, right? Um, because I'm just looking for the best. Um, and then I'm done at the London close. Uh, after that, you know, we do a, we do a stream on the, the London close an hour stream on YouTube there and talk about the day. 
and then uh, we do just some YouTube. We go to the gym, uh, you know, make dinner with the wife, you know, all this, all this fun stuff. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, well, it's. I mean, it's actually it's funny you mention it because I mean, when I back in the day when I started trading forex, I was like, oh, New Zealand's, you know, we're we're screwed here. We can't trade anything because of the, the time zone, and I I actually never del- delved in enough to work it out that it's actually not a bad time zone and we get asian asian session we get the like if you wanted to trade the end of the new york which i don't but i mean you could do that and you get london open what you miss is you miss the big move in new york that's what you miss which well which isn't the end of the world because you can still pick up trades outside of that isn't isn't it um about 4 p.m is the london open for you guys uh, London opens about six to six to eight PM, depending on what if it's British summertime or New Zealand summertime or whatever it is. So that's oh. London open. So like New York opens sort of one AM and two AM in the morning. And oh, so that's that's fine though because then you can uh, you're just already used to the nightlife, and on the weekend you can go out clubbing. Yeah, well, that exactly. That's what I never <laughs> realized. I never realized that I was like. I, I'd sort of just discounted it and gone, oh, well, look, it's, it's never going to work. And it, I don't know, it took me years to, to actually go, hang on a sec, this isn't a bad time. This is actually yeah. not a bad time. Yeah. And so um, so now now I'm I'm much more relaxed about it. But that's what got me into trading with robots and building robots, thinking that, oh, well, I'm never going to be able to be in the, here at the <laughs> right time, and so I'm going to build all these robots. Anyway, um. Well, and I, look, I think this this next question is quite interesting because I think you are very different from every almost every other trader I've had on the show. And look, I've had over two hundred, mate. Um, oh my god! And so, because this is the second podcast, they had the first podcast you, as well. You probably say that all to to all the girls you bring over, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you're a very different girl. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think you you're um I mean, what do you think made you different from from other people out there who are who are hitting this um, industry? wanting to to make a buck because that's why people are in it and uh you know you managed to 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 craft out a way to to make profit from it i mean what what do you think made you different traits actions that you took oh my god traits 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 um it's it's largely if i have to kind of say like the root of things um I would I would have to kind of you know give props to my mom in a sense in she was she is someone who is probably one of the smartest people I know she's got multiple degrees one of them is a PhD multiple degrees in in many different subjects uh, and someone who's just always kind of learning and the way that she would te- talk to me and stuff as a as a child was uh, very like analytical and and logic driven behind things uh we were very critical thinking uh type of of family i suppose rather than like going based off of emotions and things like this um um and you know i can't be too too specific with that and i'm sure everyone kind of thinks that they're they're logical people um but if i had to give some sort of you know props somewhere it would have been a, a natural natural route there um and then on top of that, going into IT, I know it changed the way I think uh, because I was a programmer, right? So you are you do the same programming stuff, right? You make the bots, and you have to think procedurally, right? Um, yeah, you've so got to you think have, like a, a robot, basically. Yeah, you, yeah, very, very simplistic, right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't kind of do everything at once. 
you say this, then this, then this, uh, or that, right? Um, And that's kind of, if you combine that with a very critical way of of life, um, it's, you know, it's probably a a good combo for (laughs) trading in, in, in at least the sense, even though I'm an incredibly, insanely emotional person, uh, you know, got mad and punched a hole in the wall one time, but (laughs) <laughs> but but uh you know that's that's a cute keep that in the you know keep that in the kitchen or whatever I don't know. yeah i don't know where i i think it was it, it's quite interesting because uh i mean i think the critical thinking is is massive that's massive we haven't heard that one yet uh i thought you were going to say like you know you're you're um curious but critical thinking i think is is huge oh, because it's oh. because most people just just will will no, they won't. They won't critically think. They'll just go on. Yeah, as you, we mentioned, go on YouTube and and have a look and go. Oh yeah, okay, that's how you do it. Great, I'll just copy that. Um, yeah. Whereas you were like, yeah, but hang on a sec. If everyone's copying yeah, it, what's the logic behind it? Right, it doesn't work. It won't yeah, work exactly. then. Yeah, exactly. You got to think. You got to think. What's the reasoning behind everything, right? And if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not right. Um, the 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 other thing there I could add is, I have an extreme addictive personality and that is has gotten me in a lot of trouble um in the past uh, but when you can focus it on something productive um then you can basically be very successful in that in that sense right um but it, you know it's kind of a hard balance right uh, yeah yeah it's one of those things yeah they, like the most successful people are, are obsessive compulsive to a certain degree yeah um, you have to be obsessed about something at, at all times basically yeah now if if you're one of the listeners out there retail trader working a day job what steps would you recommend they take to start you know becoming profitable? yeah yeah good question uh working a day job so it's going to depend where you live um so if you're if you're in Vancouver, time zone, same as me or whatever, I think uh, there's, if you're trading Forex, at least, you're going to have to figure out if you're going to be able to day trade um, or you're going to be able to swing trade, right? You can swing trade no matter what. But if you want to be a day trader and you're working a job, it's going to depend on where you live, right? So if you're living in Vancouver here, sure, you can wake up at 5 a.m. and do what I do and you can trade for two hours before you go to work. That's perfectly fair. But if you're in New York time zone uh not going to work because you're not going to be able to trade during that same that same open because you're going to be at work for your opening shift right and you're probably busiest right when you open your shift too right unless you're doing um you know unless you're working at the bar or something like that right uh and it's a night shift um london london time zone you might be able to get it in at like the end of the day. I don't know the exact timing there for you, um, but you might be able to get like the New York open or something like that, or a little bit later into the New York. Uh, but I wouldn't be trading after the London close uh, because then the volume is just kind of shit. Right. Uh, so you're, you're really going to have to figure out, you know, what, what style of, of, of trading you're going to be able to do if you are working that, that day job. Right. Um, and then, you know, if you do have to focus on the swing trading, uh, then what I would do is I would sit down and I would only ever look at the chart once a day. Um, and that will really control some psychological issues that you'll have that will be over over analyzing the chart and the trade that you're currently in if you're checking it multiple times a day as you're at work. So once you're done work, 
then you know you look at the chart you say okay what's going on today you look at the daily candles you look at the one hour candles you only need two time frames i suppose um and then you know you make a trade or you place a limit order or something and then you look at it the next day right and if it made you money great if it didn't you know um also great <laughs> because you learned something <laughs> okay cool it, so what about looking at a price chart? I mean, you mentioned time frames there. Uh, what three things would you recommend a novice trader educate themselves on when they're starting out? Okay, okay. So looking at the actual chart itself, I'm going to be extremely specific to only price action-based trading uh, because I think everything else is useless in a sense. It can be helpful, um, but I think it doesn't tell you that anything that price can't tell you. Um, so in a sense, it's useless. Uh, first thing, learn the best way that you want to define trend. You have to define trend in a very strict way. You don't just say it's going down, right? You have to figure out, okay, what, and I don't want to be too, too specific because I want to make you guys think about this thing because it's kind of, um, if you can, if you can define things for yourself, then you're going to get a lot of confidence and you're going to be able to figure it out on your own later on, but figure out define trend in some way and then figure out where is there possible areas that it could reverse, right? So there's only really two things that you're going to need to know um, when you're trading essentially is what direction is it going and what direction could it change, right? And I don't think I need a third thing actually here. So, so if it's, if it's not near an area that it could change, it's going to keep going that same direction until it gets to that area, right? It's just as simple as that. Mm. So if you can analyze where it could change trend, then you're going to just continue following the trend until it gets there. And what, what things would you yeah, potentially, potentially recommend they use to try and determine when it will stop? When it will stop. So it's a, it's kind of what I was spoke on earlier. Um, where are there going to be resting orders? So essentially for me is the big ones are extreme quick moves because that's then telling me that there's resting orders there that were left behind and pivot points, major highs and lows. The The more obvious the high and low, the more obvious that that is a pivot point. Uh, the other thing you could look at is uh, just periods of consolidation. Uh, that could work at a, at a lesser scale, uh, but it's not something that interests me too much. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah. what about what about thinking about a trader's mindset? So, do you have any special techniques around you know helping with psychology? Trader's mindset. So you have to again create some sort of rule based system for you, or you're going to be acting emotionally, right? Um, and emotions are the worst things that you can ever have in every situation in life. Emotions will make you useless. <laughs> so. Um, a good rule is limiting how much you can lose in a day. If I can just kind of say like one good one, uh, you know, people go on losing streaks, whatnot, just basically tell yourself, I will only allow myself to lose two trades a day. If you're a day trader, you lose two, you stop trading. Uh, and then you're not going to be, you're not going to be driven by all of this emotional, uh, you know, hate towards yourself and your actions or whatnot. Uh, and then you'll be able to recover it the next day. Um, just really, you got to find a way to limit yourself uh, because this is an addictive thing, essentially, right? You yeah. need to find rules to, to just control yourself. Like, it's the same thing 
you go to the you go you go to the store and you buy a bunch of bags of chips. You're gonna eat them all right away. No, you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna try to limit yourself. Okay, I'll have one bag of chips a day or something like that. I know it sounds ridiculous. Don't eat one bag of chips a day, but um, maybe one one little like bite of the chocolate bar or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so limit yourself. Yeah, that's that's great. And it's funnily enough something I I decided that I was gonna do this week with my own trading. Um, because yeah, for that exact reason. Um, yeah, totally. Now, if there was one thing you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why and how could they go about mastering it? Oh my gosh! Holy crap! This is uh this is a good a good podcast to listen to, man. If you're a this is a good question. So one thing for a novice to focus on well just a retail trader yeah what what could they spend the next month mastering like if they wanted to go yeah hey right go away and do this for a month what would it be yeah um there's a lot of things i would say it come it's going to completely depend on the level but the first thing that's popping out for me is focus on the reason behind why everything happens. Don't focus on trying to find a strategy and finding the pattern of rules that you need to come up with. Figure out why everything happens. Um, and ideally, I would say, put it with just candlesticks, right? Um, and if you can figure out the logic behind market moves, then that's really going to help you in developing your own strategy. Nice. Cool. Brilliant. Well, look, we're going to dive into a quicker round. Uh, some of the questions might take a little while to answer, though. But anyway, okay. this is how I do it. Um, yeah. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Oh, as as um, it was quite quick uh, when I jumped to Forex. Um, it was maybe, I like to say six months, but it was probably a little bit longer than that uh, because I had found a strategy that was profitable after about six months of joining Forex. Uh, but it probably took me a few more months than that. Crypto, I was doing it for about two years before that. What's your favorite entry setup? Favorite entry setup is a a New York Open um, sweeping reversal. What yeah. strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I will only ever exit a trade early if a reverse entry appears. So if I'm willing to enter the opposite direction, then I will exit. Um, aside from that, I will always wait for my targets. No no moving stops to break even or anything like that? Uh, I will. Okay, so I am very slow at moving my stops um, until it's very clear that price will not wick back down there. Uh, and then continue their direction. So essentially it has to um, create a very strong base and then move to another level. So it has to basically be like two stairs up uh, and, then I, and then I will move it. Do you have a recommended trading book or resource people can check out? Yeah. Um, Mark Douglas. I think everyone's going to say that. Every, every freaking... <laughs> you probably heard that interview, that interview answer over and over again mark douglas trading in the zone yeah that was that's one of the top ones there's a couple of others uh, as well market wizards is all right yeah that yeah yep yeah, yeah there's pretty standard books that people people recommend that that's a cool one um what's your preferred broker and trading platform 
uh, preferred broker, you know, I'm in BC, Canada. Um, I would say if I could use any broker, it would be IC Markets, but unfortunately, I have to use some of these uh, these seashells offshore brokers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't really get the best ones, but I'm using FX Choice. Uh, and your trading platform? Uh, you mean like uh, MetaTrader 4? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any options. I can okay. only use MetaTrader 4 in BC. Um, now, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh, it's uh, it could be a little bit of a story, maybe. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's a if there's a one that's kind of better, but um, well, you know, aside from just you know losing tens of thousands of dollars, uh, early stages of just letting my money drop in Bitcoin, um. There's a guy, I'll make the story super, super brief because I actually want to post this story to my YouTube channel at some point because okay. I think it's hilarious. Um, is that he was talking about how he was flipping Bitcoin um, from like 0.1 Bitcoin to like 10 Bitcoin or whatever uh, in uh, just a couple months. And it was basically him using a DCA strategy. Uh, and after a while, I had, I had kind of believed him that this was working because he just kept winning. He was making the calls in live chat um, and... I was following along. I was listening. I was saying, okay, this is great. This is great. Like, you're so good, right? And so I started adding more money and following along. Um, and then we, like, tripled our money in, like, a couple weeks. And then all of a sudden, Bitcoin did one of its classic things um, where it just dumped and his DCAs just all got obliterated. And basically, the worst trade of my life because I lost everything I had uh, on, oh, yeah, on that account there. Um, in a second, everything was just gone instantly, basically, uh, because, wow. uh, uh, we, we listened to somebody who we thought he knew what, he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> it was too good to be true. <laughs> That's pretty quick though. That's pretty yeah. quick. Usually wanna... people, you know, can at least see it going down. <laughs> yeah. It's... It was maybe, maybe not, maybe not a second, but I was, I was at work and I had gone to grab some water and then it started dropping and I was like, oh crap, crap, DCA. And then it was gone, right? Oh, it was within a couple seconds, right? Right. Okay, last question of the show. Um, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Completely unrelated to trading, the only thing that matters in your life is your personal sense of well-being. By that, I mean that you have to do whatever is necessary to create the most optimal life for yourself and nothing in life else matters. Um, you can be generous if that creates a happier version of yourself um, or you can do things that make long-term happiness. Try not to find the instant gratifications of things because, you know, again, all you really ever want to do is focus on your own your own growth, your own happiness, right? Kind of, Brilliant. kind of like a a monk thing, but it's something I kind of live by. Nice, I like it. That's the first time anyone's actually done a non-trading piece of advice, and I think that's 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 cool. I like that. I might that is even, cool. Yeah, I might I might even get people to just say this is not a trading advice. Yeah, give us, give us some advice. Um, yeah. <laughs> some life advice. Give us some life advice. Give, give uh, us some life advice. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Right. Before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? 
Um, yeah, there's uh, Hunter FX YouTube. Um, and then if you want to get a hold of me, you would have to join that Discord in one of the videos in the link in the description and then message me within the Discord. Um, there's a, there's a ton of stuff in the in the descriptions there. Well, look, a big thank you to Chris for sharing with us today. Everything we discussed here along with all the links are in the show notes to find them. Simply search for Chris Hunter in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there we have it, folks. Interview with Chris done and dusted. Now, do remember to check out the little video we shot after the show where Chris is going to walk you through a few things on a price chart. It's worthwhile checking out over there at YouTube. And whilst you're there, do remember to subscribe. Click the notifications bell. Click all so you don't miss those TradingView replay challenges and the Build That Bot series that is running there as well. Folks, um, hope you enjoyed the show today. Now, do remember, if you do want the free training to learn how to do automated trading then head over there tradingnut.com there's a free training that you can sign up to and we've got a promo this august 2020 if you're listening to this in the future check it out anyway who knows what you'll find all right guys see you on the next episode or over there on youtube